Culture Footnotes, the podcast that keeps you in the loop on all things pop culture so you can talk about it with your friends. I'm Courtney. I'm Shannon. And this week we are joined again by Andrew from Pop Pop Culture. Say hi, Andrew. What's up, everybody? Um, Andrew's joining us for a very special episode, at least for him. Um, We're going to be talking about... Very, very special. We're going to be talking about The Simpsons. I am literally playing The Simpsons free-to-play game on my phone (laughs) while we're doing this introduction. (laughs) Uh, yes, it's true. I'm looking at it right now. Um, yeah, so this uh, we're doing The Simpsons because last week um, a new Matt Groening show came out on Netflix called Disenchantment. Um, Disenchanted? Disenchantment? Disenchantment. Is sure. it Mint? Okay, I don't remember. Oh, no, maybe it's Disenchanted. It's I don't remember. Those. It's Disenchantment. Awesome. It's fine. It's. <laughs> I'm gonna be the fact checker nice. from this group. <laughs> oh crap. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so if you're familiar with the work of Matt Groening, he is the creator of The Simpsons as well as Futurama. Um, So we figured in honor of this new show, we're going to talk about uh, The Simpsons. So um, Andrew's a resident Simpsons expert. But before we get to that, um, we're going to do our Media of the Week segment. So Andrew is our guest. Tell us about what you've been reading or watching or listening to. The Simpsons, period. No, I I rewatched a bunch of episodes kind of in the lead up to this. Um, uh, Yeah. we get, we'll get to this in a little bit. We I, I gave Shannon a list of ten kind of essential viewing episodes. Yeah. I, I supplemented it with another ten, and, but then going through, there were another twenty that I could have put on another list because there's just <laughs> so many, and there's so many gags and lines and references and stuff that just went that went under the radar because I mean there's it's like seven hundred episodes. Yeah. And, like, half of them are good. So, I mean, like, <laughs> you know, with, with a show that spans this much, there's there's just so much. So, I could have done that. I could have had a whole other list, but I didn't. I kept myself yeah. in check. I will say, while we are on this topic, so Andrew went through um, on the FX app. Um, it has every episode ever. So, he went through and basically made a list of the ones that he thought really stood out. Um, ended up being 40. We narrowed it down to 10 with a supplement of 10. <laughs> um, in case Shannon had time. And the stupid um, part is that 40, I went through and I'm looking at it. There are like another 10 episodes that I should have put on the 40 that I didn't because I was like, I'm going to have to eliminate this. Yeah, exactly. We, so. were, we, were, we made this list and sent it to Shannon a week ago and then we ended up um, watching a bunch, a bunch of Simpsons this week and... Um, I was like, oh, we didn't put this episode on. Oh, why didn't we put this episode on? We were just like, oh, man. You should Trust send me, me the rest of the list. Trust me. I want it, the rest. It is <laughs> agony. It is pure agony for me. Because I'm just like... like, Kill like your darling. Um, Homie the Clown, which is a, an amazing episode. It didn't make it onto any of the lists. Because I knew that it probably wouldn't make the top 10 or even the top 20. Even though it probably should. But I couldn't put it on there. And anyway, I'm just... It's, <laughs> It's really... Uh, me. It's, it's bad. It's yeah. really bad to be me right now. <laughs> anyway. So, Shannon, what have you been up to this week? Yeah, I've got two related TV shows. So, uh, one of them's Unreal. <laughs> Courtney is a Bachelor fan. Yes. Have you watched the show? <laughs> um, so, the premise of the show is, like, kind of behind the scenes. It is a scripted show, but they're, like, behind the scenes of this Bachelor-type show called Everlasting. Oh, wow. Um 
so they now it's ended but they had put um the fourth and final season of it just kind of dropped suddenly on hulu and i hadn't seen the third but that was also on hulu so i decided i had to finish it and the, the it ends it's the worst ending and it made me very mad but um the first season of that show is still so great um it's very dark um, and then related to that in both it being dark and it shares one of the creators, um, I've been watching Sharp Objects, um, which is a miniseries on HBO. Um, the book, um, so it's based on a book by Gillian Flynn, uh, who wrote Gone Girl. I read it before watching the show and it is twisted. Um, it's worse, like more twisted than Gone Girl. So that's great. Um, and yeah, shares a a uh, like co-creator with Unreal. Is that the same one that's getting adapted into the HBO miniseries with yeah, Amy Adams? Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, so I'm watching the series. Sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I thought you said you read the book. I'm sorry. I, I read the book and then I started watching it. Okay. So it's it's not all out yet, but Amy Adams is the star. It's about this woman who um she goes back to her childhood home in Wind Gap um, because one young girl has been murdered there's another one that's missing and uh, amy adams is now a journalist and so they send her to kind of investigate and turns out everyone in the town is creepy <laughs> it's great anyway nice. recommend first season of unreal all of sharp objects so far has been very good uh, what have I been doing this week? Um, well, Shannon brought up the fact that I love The Bachelor. I was going to say you should bring this up. If you know, uh, if, yeah. you're, if you're a story over something, I was going to give we're you. We're going to cover this on the show. It's oh, we're going to have to. <laughs> um, so yeah, boring. so The Bachelorette ended, like, when was that? Almost two weeks ago now? Um, and then Bachelor in Paradise kicked off, which I have never watched Bachelor in Paradise before. <gasps> It's the um, best it one. Is the best. <laughs> it is the best. I it's only the it. best one because Jordan is on it right now. No. The male model. And that guy is the best Bachelor contestant there has ever been or ever will be. That guy is amazing. So, I have to admit, I have been a Bachelor, like, diehard, but... With this scandal from Bachelor in Paradise last season, I said yeah. I'm out, like, on that yeah. season because there was some yeah, sketchy was some stuff sketchy going stuff. on. Yeah. And then I hate Ari. <laughs> they yeah. made Ari the Bachelor, and I didn't want to see that. Then I heard Becca was boring, so I didn't watch that. She so, was boring. Good So crazy. now I don't know. I, like, when do I jump back in? Is this it? Oh, do yeah, I need to watch it. this one? Oh, okay, good. There's, there's, there's a guy from Becca's season who mm-hmm. is... Um, he, he is a protein shake... That has an Instagram account. <laughs> Jordan. They all um, have Instagram accounts. But it's like if a protein shake yeah. had an Instagram account. That, that's <laughs> this guy. And he is no, the best. No, it's Zoolander con- had an Instagram account. No, it's a Zoolander <laughs> was turned into a protein shake. And <laughs> that's had just delightful. He is literally the best. Like, he was billed as, like, the villain because he's, like, mm-hmm. super, like, he's, like... He's very narcissistic. He's v- extremely Great. narcissistic. Like, not, not in a malicious way, just in a, like... No, but he's... so absorbed He's so absorbed in himself that he didn't, like... Like, he is basically Narcissus, like, yeah. reborn. And he is... Oh. He <laughs> is the he best. Said, in Becca's season, he said... I would hate for Becca to eliminate me so early because she'd be missing out on all of me. Yeah, no, no, he's he's the best because I'm just like I'm like this guy is. That's he's, like all of. <laughs> but he really he really leans into it. He's either yeah. the most self aware person on the planet or the least, and I can't decide which one it is. Anyway, there's a lot of good drama. Um, good. I yeah, I've I feel like I've regressed as a human by getting into the show, but it's okay. <laughs> 
Paradise really is the best of the <laughs> franchise, though. Yeah, it's that's what I was so it's, upset. Kind of, yeah. it's kind of like pure cocaine distilled from the back because it's like because like the Bachelor, you get like it's like oh like the first episode is like all these like oh this guy's in a chicken suit oh this guy showed up in a minivan and it's like it's kind of like the, it's kind of like American Idol you like the first couple episodes you're like oh that was fun there's some funny stuff but then it's like get to the serious drama and yeah. people are crying all the time but like Bachelor in Paradise is just like they're Woo! crying all the time and it's just oh yeah. and Clinton, I want you to like go back and watch the other ones now that I know this because they have this whole bit in the first two seasons where Claire they cut the editors are genius because she's like talking to herself about how sad she is and how this guy's and talking to her and whatnot. But they cut it so it looks like she's talking to a squirrel. <laughs> so funny. Squirrel <laughs> <laughs> just will kind of look like perplexed or like who is this? I'm surprised, I'm surprised they don't do that more often. The editors so have so good. much control over those shows. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have like all the talking head segments it's to like so to like gri- to like grimace. <laughs> they sit in there. It's so good. Yeah. So we're gonna move on because we have a lot of stuff to talk about Simpsons. Good and gravy. do not want to spend the whole episode good. talking about Bachelor and Gravy. <laughs> Another so, time. <laughs> so let's get into first exposure. So Andrew, what was your first exposure to the Simpsons? Um, Actually, you know what? Let's yeah, go, yeah. Shannon, what was your first exposure to the Simpsons? <laughs> um I just grew up with it. My dad watched it. We all kind of watched it. I think Andrew brought up when we were talking about doing this episode that you're either from a family who let you watch The Simpsons or didn't let you watch The Simpsons as a kid of mine did. Um, I was even, I was telling my dad we were doing this and there, do you remember that there's a point seven eleven converted all of their stores into quickie marts. We need to talk about that. Um so we went to do that. So I don't I haven't watched it in a long time, but in watching all the ones you recommended, so many of them I was worth remembering them. So I watched quite a bit of it as a kid. Um yeah for me it was when like my parents didn't really let me watch a lot of T V period. Um, so I was visiting with my grandma and she let me watch as much TV as I wanted. Um, and so but I loved cartoons and so I was watching a lot of Disney Channel and it got to a point where it was like, you know, a weeknight or a Sunday evening or something. And I was super bored with what was on the Disney Channel. So I was flicking around the channels and I found The Simpsons and I was like, oh, it's a cartoon. This is a kid's show. And I started watching it and it was the, sh- it was the one where they're singing the... Bus driver song. Hail to the bus driver, bus driver. <laughs> and um, and my grandma came in. And she goes, "You're not allowed to watch this show." And I was like, "What? You let me watch everything. Why are you allowed to watch this show?" <laughs> and she was like, "Your mom said that you're not allowed to watch this show because they're disrespectful. Like it's kids who are disrespectful to their parents." And I was just like, "What? They're just singing a bus driver song." Wow, so classic. So classic. So yeah, that was my first exposure. And then I didn't really watch it a ton until I started dating Andrew. So. Yes, and I watched it all the time. Yep. Um, so my first exposure to it, um, uh, I don't remember a time not watching The Simpsons. That's <laughs> basically what I'll say. My parents watched the Tracy Ullman show, which is where The Simpsons originated, as shorts <laughs> on the Tracy Ullman show, and they loved The Simpsons uh, as the animated uh, shorts. So then when they found out it was getting a f- like a full-on TV show... They or they adopted it from episode one, and just since then, have always been Simpsons fans. Mm-hmm. So your my, parents are so hip. Is the impression <laughs> I get of your mother? Yes. Um, my yeah my yeah. So my parents have always watched it. The first episode I can remember watching is Stark Raving Dad, um, which we'll talk about in a few minutes, <laughs> um, as it made the top ten list. Yeah. Um, 
but yeah, yes, that's that's the, the the earliest one I can remember. Stark Raven Dad, but I I literally do not remember a time not watching The Simpsons. Yeah. Um. So speaking of the reason that we asked Andrew on for this podcast is this is mm-hmm. The Simpsons are kind of his superpower. Um. So Andrew, if you give him any topic. What, however tangential or remote it is, he will find a Simpsons quote or like a situation from The Simpsons in which that topic plays a role. You've really put me on the spot here because I haven't, <laughs> I haven't really put this to the test in about five years. <laughs> so I don't know. You did the other day. Yeah, but that but that was like one topic. But like, <laughs> but like, your family came and visited us right after we were married, and they were staying with us, and and that was about eight years ago. Yeah. And they put us in something. They're like, no, no, no way. And they tried it, and I impressed all of them. And I just <laughs> I blew all of them away because I was able yeah. to do it. But that was like eight years ago. That was the last time I was seriously tested. So we're gonna we're gonna try it out though. We're gonna see. So Shannon, do you have any topics you want to give? Um, chocolate. Oh, come on. <laughs> There's a whole section where Homer go, like, he goes to the land of chocolate in, his, in a dream because the Germans, t- he, okay, the Germans buy the plant. And he goes, and he, they say, what do you, what, you've, been, uh, you've been security inspect, supervisor for 10 years. What, uh, what initiatives have you spearheaded? And he, or he said, what, what improvements can we make? And he says, well, I wish the vending machines weren't so picky about taking dollar crumpled dollar bills and they say we understand we're from the land of chocolate and so then he pictures in his mind a land that is literally made of chocolate and it's this whole sequence where he's running around eating lampposts and dogs and everything and it's <laughs> yeah. that, was easy one. that was a really easy one that was a really easy one okay um i'm gonna give you pot holders pot holders pot holders pot holders um Oh boy. Okay. I mean, I had to give you something more challenging. I'm sorry. Yeah, I know. Um, I mean, Marge uses pop holders all the time. I don't know that it really counts. Um, this is tangentially related, but uh, there's a there's an episode where they're throwing a party, and uh, Marge is freaking out about it, and so she put the she put the toilet seats in the dishwasher. And told Lisa to go screw them back on. And Lisa mm-hmm. says, relax, the party's not for another four hours. She goes, oh good, it'll allow me to put another coat of glaze on the ham. And she grabs a pop holder and then pulls the ham out, but it's glowing radioactively. And she puts <laughs> another coat of glaze on it. Yep, cool. The um, amount of detail that went into those responses, that's all you need to know. <laughs> yep. So. <laughs> All right. I don't like that Paul Holder one. I'm going to have to think about that one. Yeah, you're going to have to think some more. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's uh, let's get into it, Andrew. So you're you're driving this crazy train. Okay. Or monorail. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, that, so the... <laughs> um, so the list that I, I wanted to, well, first off, like I said, Simpsons started as uh, shorts on the Tracy Ullman show. Yeah, um, Tracy Ullman had a TV show that was a sketch show. Um, and so in between sketches, the uh, producers of the show wanted some kind of transition. And so Matt Groening, uh, who had been a cartoonist uh, for a couple Oregon papers, um, he had been doing a cartoon called Life is Hell. And it was a cartoon about a family of anthropomorphic rabbits um, and kind of their exploits throughout all this kind of stuff. I actually, my family used to have a collection of cartoons of Life is Hell. Um, they're pretty funny. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was doing that for a couple of years. And so then uh, he um, got 
he got a chance to go talk to, I believe, James L. Brooks and Sam Simon, who were uh, working on the Tracy Ullman show, and basically took his uh, rabbits that he'd been cartooning and erased the ears off of them and turned them into a whole family. Um, the reason that Homer's name is Homer is because that's his father's name. Um, Margaret is his mother's name. Um, I believe Bartholomew is his brother. Um, and then Lisa is his sister, I think. Really? I think. Like, they're all named after his family and stuff. Um, he had to write lines often in school, which is why Bart is always writing lines on chalkboards. Um, there was actually a Life in Hell uh, cartoon that I remember that uh, the kid, um, Bongo, had to sign lines. Or, or yeah, um, They all started with some kind of, like, non-sequitur joke. And so one of them was, like, it was Matt Groening writing... Um, I will not cheat on a test, and he had to write it five hundred times, and so then, his, but then his father signed it five hundred times. He said, for some reason, Matt says I have to sign this hundred times. Homer Greening, for some reason, Matt said I have to sign it. So like, he had to write it five hundred times, and his dad signed it five hundred times. Um, no, that was a pretty good joke. Um, but yeah, it started. So it started out as these shorts. Um, a lot of them. I mean, it's very, very crude animation because that's mostly what it was. Um, back in the in the in the mid '80s, um, Homer's vo- Homer, um, who is voiced by Dan Castellana, um, is almost he sounds like Walter Matthau in those and kind of early, um, early kind of Homer appearances are still very influenced. They sound very similar to Walter Matthau, mm-hmm. um, who's he was kind of he was trying to go for, um, and then there's one uh, there's. Uh, one short that really kind of encapsulated the Simpsons, which is they're all saying goodnight to everybody. Um, and Homer says, or uh, let me think, oh yeah, Homer says goodnight to Bart and he asks what the mind is. And Homer goes, What is mine? No matter. What does matter? Never mind. Ah, go to bed. And then <laughs> leaves, and Bart's freaking out. And then Marge tells Lisa not to let the bed bugs bite, and it freaks her out. And then Marge sings Rockabye Baby to Maggie, and she pictures what's actually happening in the song, which is terrifying, (laughs) about, like, a baby up in a treetop, and if the bow breaks, then the baby falls down. So Maggie's picturing all this, and it freaks her out. And so then Homer and Marge are lying in bed, they're like, you know, we're really good parents. And then all three kids burst in at one time going, oh my gosh, what's going on? And they're all freaking out, and so then they all, they all get into bed with Marge and Homer, and then they fall asleep. Like, that's, one, that's a short from the Tracy Ullman show, so, um, and it's, it's, yeah, it was kind of funny, mm-hmm. stuff like that, just little snippets, little vignettes type thing, type of things, and then it was uh, given a full show um, when the first episode of which was Simpsons Roasting on Open Fire. Um, which is that on the list? That's, yeah, that's yeah. on the list, right? How how is it that it started with a Christmas episode? I thought that was kind of interesting. <sighs> it is right. I actually don't. And this is a, a gaping hole in my Simpsons knowledge. I actually don't know. I think it was because it was given like a special, like oh, the Tracy Ullman Simpsons is given, you know, yeah. here for, the, for Christmas because that's like that's the first episode. But most people treat usually like. Um, Homer's Odyssey is one of like the very first episodes, and they talk about it. But um, Simpsons Roasting on Open Fire, yeah, it's a, it's a Christmas episode. Um, it's a great one. We yeah. we watched it, um, and it really was just. As parents, it hit very close to home. Yes. So what I tried to do when I was doing this list is because the Simpsons have done several years of Christmas episodes, and they've also done several years of Halloween episodes and all that kind of stuff. So. I wanted to include a Christmas episode on this list, 
And this that one was the best one um, we Sorry. felt. Side note, this did air December 17th, 1989. Yes. So, yeah, it was a December premiere. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, and so, um, yeah, and then, and then from there, it just, it, it was a rocket to the sun, basically. I mean, it just, it took off and was uh, an enormous hit. I mean, enormous hit. Almost overnight. Um, merchandise began to get churned out like crazy for it. Um, there's a lot of really funny meta jokes in the first couple seasons about crappy merchandise. Um, and, like, Krusty the Clown has merchandised everything. Like, Bart's room is filled with mm-hmm. everything Krusty the Clown. And that's kind of a joke about how much stuff, like, the Simpsons' face got slapped on. <laughs> um, I think one of my favorite Krusty products is Krusty brand birth control. Or, no, birth... Um, Pregnancy test, and on it it says may cause birth defects, which I think was, but like Krusty's got like a crowd control barrier and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But it's all kind of a joke of the Simpsons because like they were just on everything. Um, there's a joke in the episode Flaming Mo, um, where that uh, in that episode Homer shares with Mo a recipe for a drink that becomes ridiculously popular, and Mo takes all the credit for it, and so then Mo becomes an overnight success. And then Homer goes, if there's any justice in the world, my face would be on a bunch of crappy merchandise. <laughs> and it's like, because it was. T-shirts, um, school supply. I mean, like, literally, if, it's almost like the Rule 34 before Rule 34 existed. Um, Rule 34, of course, is if it exists, there's porn of it. So, and so there's like a Simpsons where if it exists, there was a Simpsons of it. So, um, kind of in that in that in that same vein. I mean, it was. I'm sitting here right now next to some action figures. I have a shirtless groundskeeper Willie with a flask and a bucket of grease, and a uh, pin pals wearing shirt Homer. Yep. Um, and this is only a small sampling of all of his Simpsons merchandise. <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing uh, Globex Corporation t-shirts. Nice. Um, which is, sad to say, the only Simpsons shirt that I own. Um, it's just too bad. But I do... I do it is a good one. It's though. a good one. Um, but, I mean, it was just the biggest thing on the planet. Um, it was referenced by President Bush when he was running for office. Mm-hmm. Um, Barbara Bush notably took pot shots at the Simpsons... Um, she said at one point she said she watched it and thought it was the stupidest thing she'd ever seen. Um, Which is so funny because they end up being guests. No, they're not. It's not them. Oh, it's not them. No, of course it's not oh, them. Well, Homer <laughs> beats the crap out of George Bush. Why would they have gone on that? That's true. <laughs> right, fair enough. No, but that was that was the thing is they they wind up having the Bushes move in next door and Homer beats the crap out of them as a response to because. In 1992, when uh, George Bush was running for re-election, he said, we need to restore the American family. We need more families like the Waltons and fewer like the Simpsons. Mm-hmm. Um, as a way to... Because in the early 90s, like you said, like your mom wouldn't let you watch it because it was so disrespectful. This show changed the face of animation. Yeah. Like, cartoons were strictly children's... Mm-hmm. Um, purview or you know it was only for children mm-hmm. but then this show the simpsons came around and it was just like oh you can do so much with animation mm-hmm. to tell adult stories and all this kind of stuff and yeah. people were terrified that bart was such a bad influence on people that's why <laughs> the majority of my friends weren't allowed to watch the simpsons yeah. was because their parents were like oh bart's such a bad influence we don't want you talking back and all this kind of stuff but it was like maybe my friends were dumb but like i remember watching bart and being like it's funny because if i ever did that stuff 
I would die. My parents <laughs> would kill me. So, like, I got to, you know, I got to see what would happen if, you know, somebody talked back to their parents. But for me, it was just, I'm like, if I ever did that, I wouldn't exist anymore. So, um, it's just kind of fun to, it's it's fun to, to see that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's, it's hard for me to overstate how huge The Simpsons were in the first couple years of its existence. Um... The Simpsons have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. There is a Simpsons house that was built in Las Vegas. You're, you're from Vegas, right? Yeah. Have, you, have you seen it? I don't think I've been there. I remember people talking about it. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah. full-on, like, replicas of the actual Simpsons house. Is it still there? Built. Yeah. Yeah. I think people live in it. But, I mean, it's, yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's absolutely huge. Um... Yeah, Walk of Fame. They have that. They have a house. Um, uh, the uh, Homer is in the Baseball Hall of Fame, um, the Pro Baseball Hall of Fame, because of the episode Homer at the Bat, which had, yeah. um, which is amazing. It's actually made my second list. It didn't make it on the first list. <laughs> I did watch it, but it did. But uh, but yeah, it's <laughs> Homer's on a softball. Uh, the nuclear power plant softball team and Burns makes a million dollar bet with another power plant owner. So he decides to bring in a bunch of ringers. So he brings in Mike Sosha, Ken Griffey Jr., Wade Boggs, Steve Sachs, all these guys from the '90s that were huge mm-hmm. baseball stars, and they all agreed to come on and voice their own characters. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that one. I love Daryl Strawberry in that one. How he's just <laughs> he's he's such a he's such a a company man, and he always calls Burns Skip and stuff. He has such a good. I, I love it. I absolutely I absolutely love that episode. Um, but yeah, that one's in the Baseball Hall of Fame. Um, yeah, I mean, just just it's ridiculous to th- they have albums that they released, not just from songs that are in. Um, the show because there's tons of songs in it and they've won Emmys for songs all this kind of stuff but in the early 90s they actually recorded songs um, original songs Michael Jackson wrote Do the Bartman um, <laughs> because and we'll talk about this when we get to Stark Raving Dad but he wrote that song um, he's not credited as writing it um, but he wanted to give Bart Simpson a number one hit, so that's why he wrote the song for him. Um, and then, yeah, they recorded a couple albums. One is called The Yellow Album. Uh, one is called uh, Simpson Sing the Blues. I own both of them, and I unironically <laughs> love both of them. On Simpson Sing the Blues, Homer sings with, I, th- I think it's Linda Ronstadt. Uh, sings Ain't It Funny How Time Slips Away. Um, it's fantastic. I love it. Uh, Lisa seeing sisters are doing it for themselves. Um, I mean, they're just... It's its impossible to overstate how big they were in the 90s. Um, I know that, especially for maybe younger listeners... I say younger, I'm like 30, I'm not that old. But, like, younger listeners might be like, well, The Simpsons is so passe and it's not very good anymore and all this kind of stuff. It's almost... It's impossible to, under, to understate just how big they were. They were everywhere. And so, for people who don't kind of remember that in the 90s, that's, I mean, they were just, it was huge. And I mean, anybody who's, I don't want to say, I know, I know there have been some movie stars and stuff that haven't been on it, but I mean, I almost feel like if you haven't been on The Simpsons, your career's not finished yet. So, <laughs> sorry Tom Cruise, you had your chance, but you didn't go on because you're an idiot. Um, the Simpson brother from the, from the same planet, where... Um, Bart goes into the bigger brothers program because um, he says he's an orphan, and then Homer adopts another younger brother, 
um, to teach Bart a lesson. The character that Phil Hartman voices, who was supposed to be was supposed to be Tom Cruise. They modeled it after Tom Cruise. He was going to be the oh. bigger brother, and then he backed out at the last minute, and so they got Phil Hartman to do it instead. Tom Cruise. Yes. Oh. Another reason not to like you. Oh no! Oh no! That's a discussion for another day. No, I'm a Tom Cruise apologist. I'm sorry. Um. Um, Anthony Hopkins was supposed to be on it, which we'll talk about in a little bit, and I don't think he's been on it since. But I mean, I, can't, I don't even think I could list. Have, I mean, who are my, the best people who've been on it though? Daniel Radcliffe was really good when he was on it. I love um, that that's your first day. Well, because he, well, he was because he was on favorite. it. He was on it twice. <laughs> yeah, he, they, he did such a good job the first time they wanted <laughs> him back again. Um, he was really good. Albert Brooks is by far the best one. Oh yeah, the best guest. Sure. Albert Brooks is the best one. Um, Phil Hartman's the second best one. But I mean, obviously, he's he was kind of a, more of a recurring character than a guest star. But yeah, Phil because Phil Hartman voiced. Um, he voiced three main people, um, three recurring characters: Lionel Hutz, uh, Troy McClure, and I. Oh no, I can't space on the third one. <laughs> no. Uh, we'll look it up. Oh no, it might just be Lionel Hutz and Troy McClure, and I'm overstating the importance of another character. <laughs> uh, I, 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 this is going to challenge all my cred because I'm trying to do this on the fly. <laughs> Um, yeah, but I mean, Albert Brooks did so many voices, and he was brought back for the movie to be the main villain of the movie. Um, we'll talk about this when we get to that episode, but it was originally supposed to be Scorpio uh, as the villain of the movie. He was supposed to come back, um, but only for a little bit. Who is it? Is it, is it only those two? It's only those two. Okay, well, he also, Phil Hartman did voice a handful of other characters, including including Lyle Lang- Langley, who we'll talk about in a sec. Um, but, yeah, um... When they go to different places around the world, they'll bring in, um, when they visit other places, they'll bring in other uh, guest stars. So they went, the episode where they went to England, they had Tony Blair, J.K. Rowling, Ian McKellen. Um, I think that was, that, was that it? I think it may have been just those three. Um, but yeah, they had Tony Blair, who was sitting Prime Minister at the time, uh, come on The Simpsons. Um... Yeah, J.K. JK Rowling, uh, um, and then, uh, yeah, they just have they just have tons of people. I don't know the clue. Patrick Stewart. What's that? Patrick Stewart. Oh, yeah. Patrick no, Stewart was number one in Homer the Great, uh, which I just watched this morning before we recorded And that's actually it. Paul Linda McCartney in that one. Yes. And when Lisa, when yeah, Lisa is a, becomes a vegetarian, Paul Linda McCartney are guest stars in that one. Mm-hmm. I, mean, um, I really like Kelsey Grammer. <laughs> Kelsey Grammer is also really amazing. Good. Sideshow Bob, um, Ringo Starr was also on, and George Harrison. The only one, the only Beatle that didn't was John Lennon, but that was because he was dead before The Simpsons mm-hmm. even started. But all the Beatles have been on as uh, as awesome. guest voices. Ooh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> George Harrison was on uh, <laughs> in Homer's Barbershop Quartet. Um, when and so Homer's at uh, some party and George Harrison comes up and he's like, "Hi, I'm George Harrison." And Homer goes, "Oh my gosh, where did you get that brownie?" And he goes, "There's a whole plate of them over there." And he just stuffs his face with brownies. Is that the baby on board? Yes, so that's the baby yes. on board episode. Um, uh, yeah, and Homer's like, "Is the it was the greatest moment of my life?" But he was remembering the brownies that he ate instead of meeting George Harrison, which is which is classic Homer. Um, 
I mean, but there have been just so many guest stars. Um, they've had. There's a Wikipedia list. There's a whole Wikipedia list. I mean, we're talking Willem movie stars. Defoe. Yeah, Willem Dafoe. Oh, yeah, um, Kiefer Sutherland's been on it a couple times. Steven Tyler. Ste- the, all of Aerosmith. All of Blink One Eighty Two has been on it. Tony Hawk. They had in one episode. In one. In one. In one episode, they had. In one episode, they had. Oh, Mick Jagger, uh, it was Mick Jagger, Keith Richards, Brian Setzer, Lenny Kravitz, Tom Petty, yes. Elvis Costello. I think that was all of them. Yeah, they had, Kenny, uh, they had a Kenny Loggins character, but I don't think... It wasn't actually Kenny Loggins, no, because they made fun of him for stuffing his crotch. Um, <laughs> so they, they didn't actually have Kenny Loggins on that one. Uh, they've had sports stars, they had Tom Brady, LeBron James, Yao Ming, um, Warren Sapp. They've had... Uh, oh, Michelle Kwan has been on... Um, just from all walks of life, Thomas Pinchon, Tom Clancy, Stephen Hawking. Uh, Stephen Hawking's been on a couple times. Um, uh, just uh, from yeah, from all 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 walks of life, there have been a bunch of different. Uh, George Plimpton was on once. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, I love it. Yeah, yeah. There, I mean, just scores and scores and scores of people, and I felt like. I knew that I would be if I was ever asked to be on The Simpsons. I'd know that I'd, I'd be like, okay, well, I can't do anything else. I'm done. My life is over. Now. <laughs> That's the highlight of your life. Well, absolutely. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, just, just enormous. Just, um, and the, and the people that it's influenced. I mean, you can look at it without The Simpsons. We don't have. Well, we'll get to that at the end. Well, sure. Okay, fine. Fair enough. So uh, this list that I sent out is kind of a list of my favorites plus kind of the most influential, the ones that are kind of absolute must-watches. So the first one on there is Lisa's Substitute because it makes me cry every time. Uh, But that Lisa's Substitute from the second season uh, is the episode where uh, Lisa's teacher, Miss Hoover, has Lyme disease, and so they bring in a a long-term substitute who's voiced by Dustin Hoffman. Um, and they even have a graduate uh, reference in there when Mrs. Krabappel is hitting on him. And so then there's the camera underneath her leg, and he's like, you're tr- Mrs. Krabappel, you're trying to seduce me. Um, just like Mrs. Robinson um, from The Graduate. Um, and so then Lisa winds up like falling in love with him because she doesn't have any male, mo- model, male role models in her life. Um, that, that one's such a fantastic episode. The end ri- wraps up really well. Um, but yeah, that one's... That that one's that one's incredible. What, what happened to my phone? It's in my pocket. Um, <laughs> that episode is it, when I so I talked to my family. I said, you know, what what episodes need to be on like a list if you had to give someone a list, and uh, they all said that one first. They all said, oh no, the Lisa substitute where she has a new substitute. That one's <laughs> so great. Um, the note at the are, are we allowed to spoil things? Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, this is it, like thirty years old. Absolutely. But the note at the end is really touching. He gives her this note when they have a tearful goodbye when he's going to get on the train or whatever. And he says, and this note is all you ever need to know. And it says, you are Lisa Simpson. Mm. And I just really like Lisa. She's my favorite of them. She's great. Um, So smart and kind of misunderstood in her family videos. I just really like her. One of my my favorite lines about Lisa was, there's a future episode where um, it's the future of 2010 because um, <laughs> it was in the sixth season they were like 
they're like, oh, let's look forward to when Lisa gets married. And she winds up marrying a guy voiced by Mandy Patinkin, which I almost put on this list because it's amazing. Uh, um, but he's awesome. like, but what he says is, you're like a little flower that grew out of a pot of dirt. Okay. In reference to her family. And she's like, that's a horrible thing to say. And he's like, well, it's true. But it's true. <laughs> um, oh. So, yeah, that um, that one is, is just, it, it's really good. It makes me cry. Um, Bart has uh, some. Uh, he runs for class president, but then winds <laughs> yeah. up. But nobody votes for him, even though he's ridiculously popular. And it has a reference to. Um, <laughs> it has a reference to Harry Truman's victory, presidential victory, when he. It's the picture of uh, Harry Truman holding up the paper that says "Dewey defeats Truman." They have one, but it's Martin holding up the paper that says "Simpson defeats Prince" mm. on it. So, which I which I was like. Yeah, that's pretty good. <laughs> um, what did you guys think of it? I, I don't want to... Yeah, I liked it. Um, I don't think that I got as choked up over it as you did, but it's still <sighs> a quality episode. And like Jim said, the note at the end is, is killer. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the next one on the list is Marge versus the Monorail, which might be... <laughs> if When you talk about The Simpsons, I think most people think of the Monorail episode. It's kind of... I think it's. it might be... The most iconic episode. Um, written by Conan O'Brien. Oh, goodness gracious. Um, written by Conan O'Brien before he got uh, his talk show and all this kind of stuff. He was a, one of the uh, writers on the show. Um, and it, he actually came up with the idea for this episode when all, he was driving around in L.A. and just saw a, bell, a billboard that said monorail with no other explanation. There was nothing else on it. All it said was monorail. And so then he came up with this episode. <laughs> Um, but Phil Hartman uh, was a guest star on it, um, who was Lyle Landley. Yeah. Um, <laughs> very clear music man. Oh, yes. I, they, they, <laughs> sing, they sing a song. He's dressed as Howard Hill yeah. from the last act. And, yeah. Um, yeah, they sing the Monorail song just like they sing Trouble in, uh, in Music Man. I was telling Courtney, I didn't had not seen the Music Man until this summer. <laughs> and there's a, a very clear reference in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, too. But this one, watching it again, I'm like, oh, yeah, it's so obviously Music Man. But I had no idea because <laughs> I've never seen it. Oh, even the song, like, matches that same. Oh, yeah. Song. Yeah, absolutely. Monorail. Monorail. Leonard Nimoy is also a guest in this episode. He uh, he would be a guest again later in the eighth, in the eighth season. Um, it was actually supposed to, um, they went to Nimoy because they didn't, the writers didn't think that William Shatner, or Shatner had turned down the show before, so they didn't want to ask him again. Um, so they just, they wrote it for Leonard Nimoy. Um, or no, sorry, not for Leonard Nimoy, but for George Takei, um, since he had been on the show before. So they wrote the character for George Takei instead of Leonard Nimoy, but Takei was a member of the, uh, uh, he was a member of the board of directors of the Southern California Rapid Transit District, um, and so he didn't want to be on a show with the disparaged public transportation. <laughs> so then Nepoy was written in, which I th- which I thought was pretty great. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Yeah. So the, they had the Music Man. With that, Homer becomes the monorail conductor because it's all a scam just for the guy to make some money um, and then escape. Um, <laughs> from the town, um, Marge is very suspicious. It has one of my favorite lines in it, which is uh, home, when Marge is calling Homer on the radio. He goes, "There's someone here to help you." Homer goes, "Batman?" She goes, "No, it's a scientist." But well, Batman was a scientist. <laughs> um, yeah, the, yeah, this uh, that, that that episode's great. It starts with. Uh, 
it's it starts with um, they're at the nuclear plant, and Lenny and Carl are um, they're putting away some nu- nuclear waste, and uh, they they're speculating on what happens to the nuclear waste after they seal it up. And Carl says, "I heard they send it to some one of those states where the governor's a crook." And apparently, like eight or nine different governor's offices reached out to the Simpsons and said, "Were you referring to us?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but it, they they obviously weren't referring to anybody <laughs> in particular. Um, yeah, I, I love I love the monorail episode. It's it's fantastic. Um, mm-hmm. It's from season four, which is probably seasons four to six are probably the peak. I would say of the show um, where the best episodes are fine. And each episode that you watch, there's not one that's like, ah, that one's not very good. They're all super good through there. Um, which is the next one, Last Exit to Springfield, um, which is widely considered by most Yay. people to be the best episode of all time. But not um, by us. It's number three. Uh, hey, we were... <laughs> I, I, I can see why that is though because of all there's so many references so many one. references there's so many references my personal favorite we've talked about how I'm a big fan of Yellow Submarine yes. and there's a part so the premise I guess is that Lisa's <laughs> that Dennis is lying to her I think but they say she needs braces or else her teeth are going to look like huge <laughs> and split her head in yes. two um but, it, like, so she goes to put on the braces and they give her laughing gas or whatever it is. And she has this whole trip that is ju- looks a whole lot like Yellow Submarine. So, and had to make it purple to avoid copyright. Yeah. Yeah, so even in the script, it's written as a, pr- as a purple submersible to avoid getting sued by anybody. Oh, that's um, so good. Which is pretty funny. Uh-huh. They go, oh, look, it's Lisa in the sky. No diamonds, though. <laughs> Um, and you've also got at the end, like, Mr. Burns leaning in. He's listening to this song, and it just looks like the Grinch. It's exactly like the Grinch. And they're they're yep. singing without blenders and flindlers <laughs> and smindlers. Um, yeah, it has, it has probably my favorite song from all of The Simpsons, which is the protest song, where Lisa's playing on her guitar. The, um, yep. <laughs> yep. Um... The the de- the voice of the dentist that's in that was originally offered to Anthony Hopkins, fresh off of oh. uh, Science of the Lambs. Yes, so he was supposed to be great. like he was supposed to be bringing his Hannibal Lecter game to that dentist, yeah. but he didn't do it. And uh, Clint Clint Eastwood was also offered the role, but he turned it down as well. And so they had Hank Azaria do it instead. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, <laughs> this is my this might be one of my favorite facts. When I was looking up facts for these episodes, there's a point where they go on Smart Line, which is like a panel talk show host or talk show and they have Mr. Burns Homer and Joy and Dr. Joyce Brothers who was like a talk show mainstay originally it was going to be O.J. Simpson oh <laughs> and then uh, he turned it down and then later it turned out to be there was wasn't there an episode that mentioned O.J. or maybe something else I was watching recently I'm like ooh that was a long time ago that this yeah, came out it, I, think, I think Homer was watching some football uh, video or something and they mentioned O.J. Simpson or something I think yeah. that's what it was because I remember I just watched that too I was like ooh I was OJ. like ooh cringy ooh boy yeah I know any reference to, to, to OJ is kind of like, oh boy. Yeah, so this, so there's tons of references in this episode. We mentioned the Beatles one, the the uh, the Grinch. Um, there's a reference to Jimmy Hoffa, 
because um, they say that the union president hasn't been seen, and then there's a shot of a body-shaped outline in a football field, which is a reference to Jimmy Hoffa. Rumor is he was buried in the uh, New York Giants State or Giant Stadium in New Jersey um, after he promised to get rid of the mafia from labor unions. So that's a real life, like <laughs> actual news story joke. Uh, there's uh, oh, Mr. Burns's outfit. Um, when he thinks back to like his Adam Smasher, his grandfather in the Adam Smashing Mill, his uh, outfit is a Buster Brown outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, there's a Godfather Part Two mm-hmm. reference in there where Homer's getting donuts uh, from everybody. Um, oh, yes, there's a there's a 1989 Batman reference when Lisa gets her braces in and she wants to see the mirror. It's just like the Joker when he first gets operated on. Um, Burns yells from hell's heart I stab at thee just like from Moby Dick I mean there's just there's so many different references in this episode um, we gotta have a whole podcast just breaking down the cultural references oh yeah, absolutely. in Simpsons episodes um, this one also has uh, what has kind of become a meme which is dental plan Lisa needs braces <laughs> then it's Homer and he takes like five minutes to realize that if he gives up the dental plan <laughs> he has to pay for braces really funny. Um, they draw, and the, the guys behind him in line drop a pencil in his butt crack to, and then distracts him for a second <laughs> before he finally figures it out um, but yeah, that is uh, widely considered um, the best episode. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry it doesn't make it for mine, but I mean, it makes it on the list, so I, what, what more do you want? This, I, I mean, this list was agony. I, I think I said it, but it's, it was just, it was so hard for me to do this. It was so hard. Um, okay, so the next episode on the list is uh, Who Shot Mr. Burns, which is kind of a cheat because it's two episodes, but it only counts yeah. as one. <laughs> But I mean, this this episode um, was enormous. Um, it was meant to be a cliffhanger. Mr. Burns gets shot after mm-hmm. <laughs> he goes into the, on a on a supervillain like reign where he um, he destroys he takes oil from a school, destroys a retirement home, puts a bar out of business. Uh, blocks out the, block the sun. I can't remember. I can't remember Homer's name. Decides to block out the sun, and then he gets shot, and nobody knows who it did. That's his ultimate villainy. Is that he can't remember Homer's name. <laughs> yes, and so the when when the writers and every and so Matt Groening came up with this episode because he wanted it to be like a big publicity stunt. Well, um, and it matches who shot Jr. from Dallas. Exactly. So who should? Yeah, <laughs> Which and there's is even reference the most watched like things. Finales <laughs> of all time. It's even referenced in the second part. Is Smithers gets up and Mr. Burns in the shower, just like uh, Jr. was, because the whole who shot Jr. wound up being a dream sequence type of thing. And so, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> spoilers for Dallas, I guess. I don't know. I guess. Um, but. Uh, I mean, this was kept under a really heavy locking key. Um, the Simpsons 138th episode, Spectacular, um, which is an actual episode. Um, they revealed that, and this was all true, that the animators animated four or five different endings so that way it wouldn't be leaked to the public. Clever. So there was one that was Barney, Mo, Apu, uh, Tito Puente, Santa's Little Helper, and Smithers. So seven, I guess. There were a bunch of different endings shot so that so that nobody would leak it, but nobody actually wound up leaking it at all because um, everybody wanted to 
Yeah, but I mean, like, there was an episode of Springfield's Most Wanted that was exactly like America's Most Wanted. I mean, it was an episode of, it was basically an episode of America's Most Wanted, but with Simpsons characters in it instead. Um, Do they, they need to release a clue type, like a version of that where they have all the different endings just back to back to back. (laughs) That would be pretty Maybe this is how it happens. Yeah. Um... Yeah, so they put in a, a ton of clues, um, uh, just a couple of them. So, um, like a lot of the people. So when Burns collapses, he points to WNS on the sundial, and um, so the writers made sure to throw in like a bunch of either WNSs or MNSs. So Skinner's full name on his diploma is W. Seymour Skinner, so it'd be WS. Smithers' full name is Wayland Smithers. Burns calls Santa's little helper the Simpson Mutt. So that was another one where the dog shot him. (laughs) (laughs) Moe's liquor license. This is the first time we get to know Moe's last name, which is Sislak. Um, That was on his... Otherwise, he was just Moe the bartender. Um, Sideshow Mel was in there, and he was referenced. (laughs) I don't know why, but it was one of my favorite lines when Flanders goes, I'd like to hear from Sideshow Mel. And it's like... (laughs) I was like, wait, wait, what? Um, Grandpa has a gun that's a Smith & Wesson. Um, groundskeeper Willie's name is William McDougall, um, and he's Scottish. Um, anyway, there's, yeah, there were a ton of different references, um, just tons of alternate endings. Um, I actually, <laughs> my family, when we, we, cause the whole summer we were like, oh, who shot him? And so when they were finding <laughs> when the episode came, came on, my parents were like, we, I still remember we made dinner and then my mom made cupcakes for dessert. And I had like a cupcake, and I was like, "I want another cupcake." And my parents were like, "You can't have one." <laughs> and then we were talking about who was going to, you know, like who shot Mr. Burns. And I bet, I bet it was Maggie, just being <laughs> stupid. And so then when it turns out that Maggie actually was the one who shot, I was like, "I deserve a cupcake for that." And I got an extra cupcake. So I guess that Maggie was Maggie was the one who shot Mr. Burns. Uh, that's um, a good one. No, it's fantastic. Lots of great lines in that one. Lots of great references. Um, it has one of my favorite one-off characters of all time, which is Dr. Colossus. Um, when when Smithers... Uh, he talks about Burns as being a supervillain. Colossus is in jail. He's all, Bah! He was a rank amateur compared to Dr. Colossus! And then puts his Colossus boots on and gets stuck in the ceiling. He's all, When is my lawyer coming? So, um, I mean, yeah, this that one was huge. There was a contest for it where people could call into 1-800-COLLECT and tell people <laughs> who they thought it was and all this kind of stuff. Oh, um, oh yeah. The, um, Fox launched a website um, which got over 500,000 hits during 1994. But, I mean, that was the summer of 1995 when we were all still using gerbils to power our internet, I assume. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that was... Um, yeah, and uh, the contest kind of started when uh, when Dr. Hibbert goes, I can't possibly solve this mystery, can you? And he points to the camera, and it was kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a contest time. Um, so, yeah, that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know it was shameless, shameless promotion, uh, promotion, but, you know, it worked. Um, the, so the next episode we have in here is Stark Raving Dad. Can I talk about this yes, one? Because this is my favorite episode yes. of what I've seen. Um, Lisa, it's Lisa's birthday. She tells Bart, you never do anything for my birthday, so I want you to do something 
Um, Homer, now I'm trying to look up what the reason is he gets committed. Yeah, Bart, Bart washes his lucky red hat in with all of his clothes. And so Homer has to go to work wearing a pink shirt. Um, and so Burns thinks that he's like... A free-thinking anarchist. There we go. <laughs> um, and so he gives him... What, like a psychiatric test which he has Bart fill out for him and Bart just goes and checks like everything yes so they think he's a psychopath so he gets committed and while he's while Homer's there he meets Michael Jackson but not really Michael this is a massive he, white guy yeah you can tell just by seeing him he's not Michael Jackson but he um yeah Homer I guess finally gets out and he's gonna bring Michael Jackson home with him and Bart is so excited that he calls everyone and says Michael Jackson's gonna be here and it's great and then he shows up and the, it seems like the whole thing has been this big hoax and in the midst of all this they've forgotten Lisa's birthday and so she's really upset and so um, fake Michael Jackson or maybe he's Michael Jackson yeah, Leon Kompowski is his name Yeah, <laughs> says um, tells Bart like when I didn't have any money to get my make my brothers and si- get my brothers and sisters anything for their birthday i wrote them a song and so they write lisa this song and it's my favorite moment because the song is so catchy mm, it's great uh, it's yeah. yes it's Happy fantastic birthday, lisa. um so good so, so yeah in this episode michael jackson um is credited as john j smith for contractual reasons he couldn't be credited for his voice acting for whatever reason <laughs> but he did all the speaking parts and an impersonator did all the singing parts Interesting. Um, and the reason that Michael Jackson did that is because he wanted to try to fool his brothers. <laughs> so he's, he's playing That's a joke. Uh, he's playing a joke on the rest of the Jackson Five um, to see if they would actually be able to tell if it was him or not. Um, so yeah, it's an impersonator um, who uh, did a pretty good job. He's really good. He's a really okay. good impersonator. When we when we were watching it, Andrew was like, "I can't remember if Michael Jackson's just the singing or just the talking." And so we watched it, and I was like, if I had to guess, I would say Michael Jackson did the singing and an impersonator did the talking. And then we found But it was the other way around. I would have said the opposite. I don't know. There are a few little things that I feel like are. I grew up listening to a lot of Michael Jackson, but it's pretty good. So, um, so, uh, what's actually really funny about, uh, about when they were making this. They wanted to do the table read with Michael Jackson to kind of see if he was okay with the script. But one of the actors, who was later revealed to be Dan Castellana, was 30 minutes late. Because they usually did the they usually did the table reads like at the studio, but they went to Michael Jackson's house. Because they mm-hmm. wanted, you know, like, yeah, we'll absolutely we'll do it at your place. So, But they sat there, and so someone said, uh, Al Jean, who was the showrunner, um, he says that no one said a word. We just sat there waiting for 30 minutes with Michael Jackson. Nobody said a dang word oh, until Dan Castellana showed up. That's um, so awkward. I know, it, right? They just sat there. They didn't say a word. Um, so, yeah, they, so they eventually did everything. Um, they, uh, yeah... Michael Jackson wasn't credited um, when after Jackson died in 2009. Fox aired the that episode the next week as a tribute, um, as a tribute to him, um, and yeah. So he, uh, yeah, it's a it's a fantastic episode. Um, there was actually supposed to be a sequel to this one where Leon Kompowski comes back to Springfield, this time voiced by Prince, where he thinks he's Prince oh. instead of Michael Jackson. Uh, but it never worked out with Prince. They never got it going. Uh, this one also, this episode also had an alternate opening 
um, which is actually in reference to George Bush's remarks about uh, about the Simpsons. Um, the, the writers decided that they wanted to say something, um, and so the broadcast included a new tongue-in-cheek opening. The scene begins in the Simpsons' living room, where the family is watching Bush's speech. When Bush says to make American families a lot more like the Waltons and a lot less like the Simpsons, Bart replies, hey, we're just like the Waltons. We're praying for an end of the Depression, too. <laughs> and oh, so, man. yeah, yeah. So the, that's that's an alternate and um, opening that's actually available on the DVD set uh, if you own it, wow. which I do. Um, <laughs> of course I do. I own all the ones that came out. They stopped they stopped making stop them after them on DVD. they stopped oh, really? playing them on DVD, and I made, and I have all of them because they, they have it through I think season seventeen. Yeah. But they also they also released the twentieth season as like a big like ooh twentieth anniversary yeah. so they released it right away so I have that plus the other seven the other when seventeen. When Andrew and I were first married, that was one of the things that I knew I had to get him for Christmas every, every year. It yeah. was it was a it was a slam dunk every year. It was oh yeah I'll do that. Um, the next episode on the list is you only move twice, um, which is which uh, I'm wearing the shirt which is in reference to it. Homer gets a job at somewhere called the Globex Corporation, um, so they move out of Springfield uh, to go work. Uh, for a man named Hank Scorpio, um, and so Homer is in charge of a nuclear weapons division. They originally wanted Wade and Smithers for the job because he had the most seniority, but he is, you know, he's in love with Mr. Burns, so he declined, <laughs> declined it, which is, he has one of my favorite lines, which is, the, what's wrong in this country? Can a man walk down the street without being offered a job? Um, so they get Homer to do it. He gladly moves to Cypress Creek, where he's actually good at his job. His boss actually appreciates him, but... He doesn't do anything. <laughs> that's the best thing, though. It's that's what's so great about it. He doesn't do anything, but... Um, yeah, but... <laughs> So, Hank Scorpio, voiced by Albert Brooks, was modeled after Blofeld from the James Bond films, as far as, like, they wanted Homer to work for a Bond villain, but be oblivious to the fact that he was working for a Bond villain. And my favorite is when he's talking to Scorpio about hammocks, and he makes Homer stand on the other side of the room while Scorpio threatens the UN and blows up a bridge, and then they immediately go back to talking about hammocks. hammocks. <laughs> <laughs> business hammocks um yeah so uh it's a re- yeah there's a reference to you only live twice the bond film which is the name of the episode you only move twice um albert brooks uh, guest was on there um there's uh, james bont makes an appearance who they figured was the closest they could get to james bond without getting sued so they <laughs> named him james bont um uh yeah, and so the rest of the family is miserable. Lisa um, is allergic to everything in the state, so she <laughs> she's stuffed up all the time. Uh, Bart is in the remedial class because he doesn't because he doesn't know anything. And Marge turns to day drinking because everything she does at home is it's already done for like her. They, they like have her sitting in the house because she can't do anything because all everything's being done for her, and. She just takes like one little sip of wine. It's like bum bum, <laughs> and then even later in the episode, she's like, "I tr- like the doctor say to drink two glasses of wine a day, but I just can't. I just I've been drinking one a day. I can't drink that much." Drink that much. Oh, um, and Maggie has that swing that's like pushing it like too high. Way too high. <laughs> um, yeah, and Lisa says she's so stuffed up she can't she can't taste mom's beloved um, boiled celery. <laughs> That was great. Um, uh, the ending of this episode might be one of my favorite endings of all time. The there's a uh, 
Scorpio's base is being invaded by people trying to stop him from destroying the world. And Homer comes up and he's like, I got a problem. And he goes, ah, oh, geez, can I wait, Homer? I'm kind of busy. He goes, I don't know, it's pretty important. <laughs> and so he's talking to him. And he's he's like, he's like, my family wants to go back to Springfield. He goes, go ahead, let him go. Stay with me, we'll go bowling. And then there's a huge explosion behind him. And there's just all this chaos going on. And Homer's completely oblivious to, the, to it. So then when he gets home, Scorpio is taking over the East Coast. And gives him the Denver Broncos. Because <laughs> Homer wants his lifelong dream is to own the Dallas Cowboys. So he gives him the Denver Broncos, but they're terrible. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's a, it's a fantastic episode. It's one of those episodes that exists... Matt Groening liked to call The Simpsons kind of an elastic reality where, like, one week the Bushes could be living next across the street in a nice house, but then the next episode across the road might have to be, like, the Quickie Mart just for plot purposes. So this one, yeah, Homer moves and works for a supervillain who takes over the East Coast and then owns the Denver Broncos by the end of the episode. <laughs> but then the next week they're just back to it. Um, but it's so it's so good. It's probably um, Albert Brooks. Albert Brooks has been on the show a ton, but it's probably his best character that he's ever done. Um, apparently he ad-libbed almost all of his lines and Dan Castellaneta would prepare to re- reply like when they were doing kind of rehearsals and stuff. He would prepare his responses based on what Albert Brooks said the last time, but then he would say something completely different, so he was completely caught flat-footed. So a lot of times Homer's like, uh, you can hear Homer throughout the episode kind of being like, yeah, what, yes, no, what, and, but it's because that's what it's like to have a conversation with Albert Brooks, apparently. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, also, I think I, I think I mentioned this, but uh, Brooks, Albert Brooks was the voice of Ross Cargill in the Simpsons movie, who's the villain, the head of the EPA. Originally, um, for about a week, the Simpsons writers considered having Hank Scorpio come back as the villain um, of the Simpsons movie. So, um, which I think is, is I'm kind of fun. Sad that, that didn't happen, but I understand why. It <laughs> Um, yeah, I absolutely love that episode um, from season eight, which is my personal favorite episode or season. Um, but uh, that's that's just mine. Um, next on the list is I Love Lisa, <laughs> oh, so um, sad. which is which is uh, Lisa feels bad on Valentine's Day that Ralph Wiggum didn't get any Valentines, so he gives she gives him a Valentine out of pity, and he falls in love with her. That has a train and says, "I, I choo choose you." Choose you. Yes, I choo choo choose you. Loved that. So I watched this episode with my son, and he's obsessed with trains, and so he goes, "There's a train on there," and I said, "Yeah." It says, "It says I choo choo choose you." He goes, "Yeah, yeah, yeah," and it's a train, and he, so he was in love with it. So then at the end of the episode, when Ralph burns it. My son was just like, wait, what's, what is he doing that? Why is he doing that? <laughs> That's the point of that episode. That's exactly. Um, so yeah, Ralph Lugan falls in love with Lisa and is very persistent in trying to woo her, but she wants nothing to do with him. Um, Until but he gets her tickets to the Krusty anniversary <laughs> special, which she yeah. goes to, and then on national TV, embarrasses Ralph and says, I don't, wanna, I, I don't like you. And then, uh, and then they wind up being the in the President's Day pageant together because Chief Wiggum uh, blackmails the teacher into letting him be play George Washington and Lisa play Martha Washington. Um, but then he rocks it, and all the girls like him. All the girls like him, and then Lisa gives him another Valentine that says, "Let's be friends," and they they make up and everything. Um, I love this one. Just be, there's been a couple of memes that have come from this one. 
like I choo choo choose you is uh, a popular Valentine's now, and it's kind of a meme around Valentine's Day every time. Also, uh, the check this out. You can pinpoint the exact second when his heart breaks in half, <laughs> and then when he's pausing it and watching Ralph be heartbroken on TV. Aww. That's another meme. Um, but uh, yes, there are. Um, <laughs> this is this is just a great. It's just a great kind of straightforward episode. There's not a ton to talk about it other than. It's just sad. <laughs> it's so sad. Um, also great. <laughs> I love. Uh, sad for Ralph. <laughs> I love uh, the monster mash that plays at the beginning and end of the episode because the DJ keeps misplaying it. But um, uh, Bart dresses up like the Terminator um, when he's playing John Wilkes Booth. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, it's. Uh, that, that's the thing. It's sad because this one, this one is so funny, but there's not a ton to talk about because it's just, Watch it's very, it. yeah, it's, it's very straightforward. That, this one actually has the crusty brand uh, birth uh, or pregnancy <laughs> ch- test that says may cause birth defects. Um, yeah, the yeah, this one's great. There's not a lot to say. It's just, it's just really funny. Um, the next one, Lisa Simpson's roasting on an open fire, which we kind of talked about, um, but just as a quick plot summary. Um, the Simpsons are preparing for Christmas. Marge has a jar of money that she's been squirreling away all year. In her hair. In her hair. <laughs> oh, I meant to, I meant to bring this up. Um, originally, the design of Marge, she was going to have bunny ears underneath her hair. That was one of the original really? character designs, that she had bunny ears, similar to the character that Matt Grady was drawing in Life is Hell was the bunny. Um, but then they decided to cut that because it was a little bit more based in reality and less like a cartoon. Um but anyway, she has she has this jar of money that she's been saving up for Christmas. They're also going to be using Homer's Christmas bonus as a way to buy presents for the family. Uh, Mr. Burns cheaps out and doesn't give the employees a Christmas bonus. And then Bart goes to the mall to try to find a present and decides to get a tattoo. And Marge has to use all the money in the jar to remove the tattoo. So they wind up with no money for Christmas. Um, so Homer, figuring this out, um, he, has, he doesn't tell his family that he didn't get the Christmas bonus. So he takes a part-time job as a mall Santa uh, to try to earn some money. Uh, which Bart then finds out that he's a mall Santa, and so he gets the he gets the check on Christmas Eve, and it's only for thirteen dollars. Um, but then his friend Barney, who got on the job, goes, "Yeah, let's go to the racetrack. I have a I have a dog that'll win. A, that's guaranteed to win, and you know you turn that money into more money, and then you you know you can do that." So Homer goes, but then the dog that. <laughs> <laughs> that he hears uh, there's a late scratch and the entry is Santa's little helper who's 99 to 1 odds and so Homer puts all the money on that dog instead of the one that Barney says and he winds up losing spectacularly um, and so then they leave the dog track all dejected but then the owner throws out Santa's little helper and he runs okay. toward Homer and he picks him up and he's like oh he's a loser he's an outcast he's a Simpson and they take him home and that's the family's Christmas present is the dog Santa's little helper and Bart says my favorite line in the, and if he runs away he'll be easy to catch <laughs> um, yeah so that, that one's great first episode it's great um, the next one that I really want to talk about is Cape Fear yes um, can I do this one yes please okay so Sideshow Bob um, if wait can we have context for why yes. he's in jail oh sure yes. because I forgot why he was so so Sideshow Bob goes to jail because he framed he was Krusty the Clown's sidekick, um, like Sideshow Mel, but he framed Krusty for armed robbery so that Sideshow Bob could have the show. 
So Bart was the one who figured it out and sent Sideshow Bob to prison. And then every time, and he's been trying to, he's gotten out, I think, two or three times since he was sent to prison. And Bart has put him back away for various different things. He tried to kill Selma. Um, he married Selma and yeah. tried to kill her, and Bart put him away for that. Uh, he ran for mayor, um, and then, but then turns out that, that was uh, that he rigged the election, so he went to jail. So, like, I think that may have been the episode, the Sideshow Bob encounter after that one. Yeah. But uh, Sideshow Bob, voiced by Kelsey Grammer, and it's he's fantastic. But anyway. Yeah. So um, it starts out with uh, Bart. Bart gets a menacing letter written in blood uh, and uh, and they're trying to figure out who it is and I'm like well let's see here who's the one who wants to kill Bart um, so and then we cut to like uh, sideshow Bob in prison he's like poking holes in his fingers and like using it to like write these threatening letters yes and, um, and, and also he, do his laundry list and stuff and also do his laundry list and write to uh, like Reader's Digest and stuff yeah. and, and, he's like, to, uh, and he's like kind of woozy like fainting yeah, yeah. and they're like stop writing things in blood he's yeah. a pen sideshow Bob yeah um, so anyway so he has a parole hearing and uh Everybody's like, okay, so how, how do we know that you're not going to try to kill Bart Simpson? And he goes, I have a very cordial relationship with Bart. And they're like, don't you have a tattoo that says, die, Bart, die? And he goes, no, that's German for the Bart, the. And they're like, oh, no, who speaks German could possibly be evil. <laughs> and, so, and so Bob gets out on parole. And he starts coming after uh, Bart and like driving by. <laughs> he drives by the house and has like a megaphone. He goes, "I'm going to kill everybody in this neighborhood except for the following people: <laughs> Ned Flanders, Mom Flanders, Homer Simpson, Marge Simpson, Lisa Simpson, the Baby Simpson. That is all." <laughs> <laughs> At which point Homer runs and goes, "Hey Bart, did you hear it?" Oh. <laughs> So Bart is really freaked out, so they end up going to the police and getting put into witness protection. So they move to this other town on like a houseboat. Terror Lake. Terror Lake. <laughs> <laughs> the worst idea, a houseboat. So then we see um, Sideshow Bob is like in the undercarriage of the car, like walking around. He hits speed bumps, gets coffee poured on him, and drives through a cactus patch. <laughs> yeah, so they finally get to Terror Lake and they get off and they go onto their houseboat. And Sideshow Bob crawls out, beaten and battered from under the car. And he stands up and steps on a rake, and it hits him in the face, and he goes, Ugh. And then he steps in a different direction, and another rake hits him in the and face. And he proceeds to do that for, like, two minutes. And it's one of the best sequences. He just steps on rakes for, like, two minutes. And the camera zooms out, he's just surrounded by rakes. <laughs> uh, so he ends up... Um, he ends up, uh, like, taking the boat and disconnecting it from the dock and tying up the whole family, and then he's about to kill Bart, and he says, any last requests? And Bart says, yes, I would, like, you have such a beautiful voice, I would love it if you would sing the entire score of the HMS Pinafore, because he sees a sign for Springfield 15 miles away, so he's hoping that he can make it to Springfield, and then Bob will be arrested. So he gets him to sing the score of the HMS Pinafore, and um, it's so funny because it gets more and more elaborate as it goes. <laughs> yes. so he winds up in an admiral's uniform. Yeah. So he starts out as just himself singing, and then he's got like a mop over on his head, as like a wig with a blanket around him and a costume. And then by the end, he's in a full admiral's uniform. 
It's so great. Um, so anyway, so he finishes singing, and then, and Bart's like, yay! And he's like clapping because it's, you know, transcendently beautiful. <laughs> and then Sideshow Bob says, okay, time to die. And uh, they, the boat crashes into the shore in Springfield and... Next to a brothel where the police are. Yes, yeah, so all the police go, like, hands up, Sideshow Bob. And like, oh man, good thing the the boat crashed right next to this brothel. <laughs> <laughs> so Sideshow Bob is arrested and that's the end. Then he goes back to jail. Um, yeah, this is. I wanted to include a sideshow Bob episode in this list because he's such a such a so great good. character, and this is the best sideshow Bob you episode. You can't have a sideshow like if you're going to pick one sideshow Bob episode, it is this one. It's got to be this one. It's although the fantastic. one the one with um his brother from Frasier is also. I great. like that one a lot too, uh, where his brother Cecil, who's <laughs> voiced by. Um, Oh my gosh! I almost said David Allen Greer. That's not his name. David, David Hyde Pierce. Pierce. Um, and so there's a bunch of Frasier references and stuff like that. Um, uh, that one's a great one. But I had to include this one for the rake bit, which I laughed at for like <laughs> half an hour when I was a kid, and I still laugh at like I still laugh like crazy at that. Um, this episode was actually. Um, uh, let me see. Why was it banned? I don't remember. I'll talk about it in a minute. Um, but yeah, the, the sideshow Bob's in that one, and it's great. Uh, he he objects about it for being in jail, calling it a urine-soaked hellhole, and they say uh, you could have said a pee-pee-soaked heckhole. He says, "All right, cheerfully withdrawn." Um, the last episode that's on this list uh, is Treehouse of Horror Four. Um, the Simpsons every Halloween have done a, a Halloween episode since the second season. Because, like we said, the first episode was a Christmas episode, so they didn't have it on Halloween. But ever since then, they've done one called Treehouse of Horror. And every year, it's usually three segments that they do a different Halloween version. I struggled with this one because I couldn't decide whether to put this one or the first one on. uh, Because they're both great. I wound up with this one. This one has a really great parody of The Raven. Uh, which is absolutely required required <laughs> viewing. It's hilarious. Does it have the aliens too? The aliens are also in that okay. one. Which is the fr- yeah, we the get Kang and Kodos who continue to come back throughout most of the yeah. uh, throughout most of the Halloween episodes. Uh, but this one, the three vignettes are the devil and Homer Simpson, where Homer sells his soul for a donut, um, which is a famous one because there's a scene of him getting force fed donuts, and he just he gets so hugely fat he just keeps eating donuts, and the demon saw. I didn't understand. James Coco went mad in 15 minutes. <laughs> um, uh, and Lionel Hutz is in that episode um, where he represents Homer in his trial uh, against the devil for his soul. Um, and he runs away. He runs away. He's like, a contract says that it, it cannot be broken, which is unbreakable, which is unbreakable. Excuse me, I have to go to the bathroom. <laughs> and, then just, and then he's just gone. Um, and then it turns out that Homer gave his soul to Marge when they got married. Aww. So they can't. So, but then he winds up with a donut as a head uh, because he, <laughs> because he tricked the devil. Oh, um, so and then the second vignette um, scared the living daylights out of me as a kid. Um, it's called Terror at Five and a Half Feet, which is a it's a parody of the Twilight episode, Twilight Zone episode Terror at Fifteen Thousand Feet. I want to say has William Shatner. It has William Shatner in it. Ooh. It's the same premise. William Shatner's the only one who can see the goblin on the side of the plane, um, and so yeah, it's tearing the plane apart and stuff. Um, uh, that gremlin scared the crap out Do of me. Do your gremlin voice. Do it. <laughs> what do you want me to say in my gremlin voice? Uh, I don't know. 
You gotta come. Up, you gotta come up with something. I can't just. I can't. Um. Say. <laughs> I'm not gonna make you say that. I was gonna have you say, "I am the, I am the very model of the model." Uh, <laughs> but I won't. Bad bitches like nuts is the best ever podcast. <laughs> okay, that sounded more like Smeagol. I know you can do better. Than uh, that. I don't know. Oh, I enjoyed that. Just your, <laughs> your general gremlin. <laughs> um, but no, I had nightmares about that gremlin. Scared the crap out of me. Like the thought that like he'd be on the bus and tearing it apart, and like Bart was the only one. He could, the Bart's the only one who can see him, and Skinner thinks he's crazy. But then it turns out to be real, and it kills Flanders. <laughs> it just man, that gremlin terrified me. That one's really funny. Um, Bart winds up tied up and has to sit next to Uter, um, the foreign exchange student. <laughs> He's basically Augustus Gloop. Yes. Yeah. Um, in the episode, Lisa's rival has my favorite, uh, one of the best Uter lines. He did uh, his diorama is uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, and they get there, and it's just an empty box. And then he looks up, and he's got chocolate all over his face. He's like, "I begged you to do mine first. I begged you." <laughs> um, and then the third, the third vignette um, is was supposed to be based on dogs playing poker, but it made Homer go crazy. Um, and so they just had they did uh, Bart Simpson's Dr- uh, Dracula, which is a parody of Bram Stoker's Dracula, where Mr. Burns is a vampire and turns Bart into a vampire, and then everybody gets turned into vampires. Um, and it turns out that Mars is actually the head vampire. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was really hard choosing because there's another uh, episode, or season six has my favorite Treehouse of Horror segment of all time, which is the Shining episode, which is called The Shinning, because they don't want to get sued. Um, but it's called The Shinning, where they go to a, um, they go to Mr. Burns' uh, place, and Willie is the one that connects with Bart, but he winds up getting murdered. Um, that one's my favorite episode of all, um, Treehouse of Horror. So it was hard not to pick that one, but this fourth one I think is the best, um, from season five. Yep. Um, that's fantastic. <laughs> um, that is the top ten list, uh, and it is excruciating to, uh, to narrow it down to those ten. Um, let's just say really briefly, so we had a backup list of ten episodes that we gave Shannon that were, um, you don't have to watch them, but you should. <laughs> Which is Diatribe of a Mad Housewife. Got some good Marge stuff in there. Marge writes um, a romance novel. It's fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> We've got Behind the Laughter, which is a parody of... Uh, Behind the Music. Behind the Music. From um, VH1, that show that was on for a while. And it was, oh, yeah. it's great because it's actually like some legit like Simpsons stuff. Like the, the craziness around the merchandising and like the albums and stuff. This is, um, the, this is the episode that actually like codifies where they're from, sort yeah. of. It says they're from northern Kentucky because it's been it's a big mystery as to where Springfield is. But there's actually four or five different recordings of where it would be, and it plays a different one every time. Yeah. Um, and then there's Mother Simpson, which is where Homer meets his mother, voiced by Glenn um, Close. Glenn Close. Oh. It's so, oh man, yep. one makes me cry. And then we've got Lisa the Vegetarian, which is when Lisa decides to become a vegetarian and uh, has Paul and Linda McCartney. Um, we've got Homer at the back, which we discussed. Which we discussed. Homer, Homer's phobia, which is um, Homer is afraid that Bart is going is, is gay, gay. Um, and tries to cure him of it by taking him hunting. But they end up going to Santa's reindeer <laughs> village, and, and the reindeer are attacking, and um, their gay friend um, John John comes who's and saves them, voiced by John Waters. Mm-hmm. So, yep. um, yes, he's fantastic in that episode. 
And then we've got Homer the Great, which is what? Which one is that? Oh, the that's stone the Stonecutters cutters one. Yeah. The Homer joins the Stonecutters and turns out he's the chosen one. That's the one with Patrick Stewart um, as the head of the Stonecutters organization. Is that the we do? Yes, which also won an Emmy for its song. I don't know the songs more than anything else. <laughs> yeah. And then we've got Bart versus Australia, which I'm sure we'll talk about in just a minute. Um, Bart after dark, which is <laughs> the burlesque house one. Bart has to go work at a burlesque, or Homer makes Bart in Springfield. Homer makes Bart work at a burlesque house to, to pay off some damage that he did. Yes. Um, <laughs> and he loves it. <laughs> yeah. And then we have one fish, two fish, blowfish, bluefish, which is when Homer eats poisonous blowfish and thinks he's going to die in 24 hours. And it's a very sweet episode. He makes to... he makes a list of things he wants to do before he dies, but in classic Homer fashion, completely screws up every single one of them <laughs> that he wants to do. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's good. And I gotta tell you, if you don't agree with my list, I I also agree with you. I don't agree with my list. It was just really difficult. Like, Homie the Clown didn't make it onto this list. Um, that I, and I'm just crushed because I love that episode. Um, Lisa's rival didn't make it on there. Um, I'm trying to think of all the other ones that I'm kicking myself. Oh, uh, Hurricane Nettie, which is when Ned goes crazy uh, when after a hurricane blows his house down and everybody tries to rebuild it, but they suck. And he, <laughs> and he goes nuts and winds up getting committed to an insane asylum. Uh, one of that one's uh, that one's fantastic. Um, so yeah, I, it's so hard because the first the first like 200 episodes are just they're just fantastic, and it's almost impossible to pick. Alright, so you have a couple of other topics. So, Let's read through them really quick. Um, uh, there were a couple, uh, as, as we know, the Simpsons have predicted the future a couple of times. Um, meaning the st- jokes or, you know, or whatever kind of get thrown in there um, that actually turn out to be true. Um, so I wanted to read a couple of them here. This is actually from Business Insider. Um, uh, there's 17 times the Simpsons predicted the future. Uh, they predicted a Nobel Prize winner in season 22. Um, Millhouse once predicted that. Uh, where, where is he? Where did he go? Oh, they have a they have a betting pool for who's going to win <laughs> the Nobel Prize in all the different forms. And Millhouse said that. Um, Banked Holstrom was going to win for economics, um, and he wound up winning six years later. Um, so, uh, in the future episode with Mandy Patinkin, um, they could predict smartwatches. He talks into his watch, um, and then that came true. And close to 2010, but not quite. Um, in 2012, um, Lady Gaga performed in Springfield, hanging up in midair, which is what she did for the Super Bowl show um, a couple, I think, two years ago. Mm-hmm. That they did in Houston, um, in one uh, they predicted autocorrect. In one episode, um, Kearney the bully has a has an Apple product um, that takes notes for him, uh, the Apple Newton. Um, and so then he says, "Take a note, beat up Mar- beat up Martin," and he writes "beat up Martin," and then it translates it to "eat up Martha" um, <laughs> as, as autocorrect. So. Um, there are faulty voting machines. In 2008, Homer tries to vote for Obama, but winds up voting for McCain four times. Um, but then, uh, in the 2012 election, a machine in Pennsylvania had to be removed after it kept changing people's votes for Obama to Mitt Romney's votes uh, in 2012. So, um, they did that. Um, I don't know that this one necessarily counts, because uh, they did an episode about tobacco, which is a crossbred tobacco and tomato plant, but then a fan <laughs> of the show actually grew the plant. So, he was inspired by the show, it wasn't something that necessarily yeah. happened, so I don't know that one necessarily counts. Um, apparently, let's see, they kind of predicted the Ebola outbreak. Um, 
in uh, one episode, Marge wants Bart to read a book called Curious George and the Ebola Virus. Buddy, it's almost like a bed. Can you go and watch like one more episode of Phineas and Ferb? I'm watching it. Um, uh, uh, Marge suggests reading a book, and it's called Curious George and the Ebola Virus, um, <laughs> which wasn't really that big in the 90s and so then obviously it you know it blew up um they predicted the discovery of the higgs boson equation um in in an episode um where homer is trying to invent things uh they actually have the uh equation for the mass of the higgs boson uh, up on the chalkboard the simpsons and futurama writers were freaking geniuses um Futurama actually won a mathematics prize for uh, a theorem that they invented. Um, wow. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's not the time to talk about it because it's not The Simpsons. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but yeah. Um, oh, the invention of the Shard, that building in London, the one that looks real weird that has like the... Uh, they have a building that looks like that in the skyline exactly where it is in the episode where they go to London in the future. Um, <laughs> robotic librarians, which is also the Manny Patinkin future. Uh, apparently, uh, robotic students from the University of Abbotstwith built a ro- prototype for a walking library robot, while scientists in Singapore have begin begun testing their own robot librarians. Um, <laughs> there's an episode uh, where in the cafeteria, Lunch Lady Doris is using uh, horse meat um, to cook meals. And apparently, uh, the Food Safety Authority of Ireland found horse DNA in over one third of beef burger samples from supermarkets and ready meals, and pig in eighty-five percent of them. Uh, they predicted Siegfried and Roy's tiger attack. Uh, there's an episode where there's a casino, and in the, during the act, they have it's not Siegfried and Roy, it's um, oh no, I don't remember what their names are. But they're clearly. But they're, it's clearly Siegfried and Roy, and the tiger turns on them and mauls them, and that's exactly what happened oh. uh, to uh, Roy from Siegfried and Roy. He was uh, t- he was mauled by the tiger. Um, in, <laughs> uh, in an episode where um, it turns out that Marge had a fascination with Ringo Starr, she wrote him letters, and it took him twenty five years to reply to a letter that she wrote to him. But she but he finally wrote her letter to her. In two thousand thirteen, two Beatles fans from Essex received a reply from Paul McCartney to a letter and recording they sent to the band. 50 years earlier. The recording was sent to a London theater. The band was due to play at, but was found years later in a car boot sale by a historian. <laughs> in 2013, BBC's one, BBC One's The Show reunited the pair with their letter, plus a reply from McCartney. So, oh, that's cute. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, the censorship of Michelangelo's David. Um, so there's an episode where Marge is against cartoon violence, but when the same people ask her, them, ask her to protest uh, the nudity that's in Michelangelo's David, uh, she won't do it because it's a work of art. Uh, in 2016, in July, uh, Russian campaigners voted on whether to clothe a copy of the Renaissance statue that had been set up in St. Petersburg. Um, because, because it's Russia, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, um, the three-eyed fish. Bart catches a three-eyed fish named Blinky in the river by the power, by the power plant. <laughs> and um, a three-eyed fish was actually discovered in a reservoir in Argentina, and the reservoir was fed by water from a nuclear power plant. So, that one's really close. Uh, Disney buying 20th Century Fox was actually referenced in season 10. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and it's the episode where uh, Homer becomes friends with Ron Howard. And so there's a, Ron Howard is pitching shows to Brian Glazer, and it says 20th Century Fox, and then underneath it it says a division of Walt Disney Co. Um, 
which is pretty funny. <laughs> and then the U.S. beating Sweden in curling at the Olympic Games. Uh, Homer and Marge become curlers. Uh, and they go to the Olympics, and they wind up beating Sweden uh, in the Olympics. In the 20, that's, that's actually the 2010 Olympics in Vancouver. Mm-hmm. Um, that one's a fantastic episode, if for nothing else, the uh, Simpsons take on the Canadian opening games. Uh, because they have Ivan Reitman do the opening ceremony. Mm-hmm. And so when it's the Parade of Nations, they say, who are you going to call? Angola. Who are you going to call? Argentina. And it's all to the tune of Ghostbusters. <laughs> um, and then it's the, uh, they release, instead of releasing doves, they release uh, the Canadian dove, which is a beaver with wings taped to it. Um, so that one, I think that one's worth watching. It's pretty funny. Um, and The Simpsons has been banned a number of times. Um... Oh, you forgot about one of the most. Uh, oh, well, that one wasn't on. That one wasn't on the list, and it makes me sad to think about. Okay, but, but they. We need to talk about but it. they predicted that Trump would run for office and become president. And become president. Um, the the slogan of the of Trump in The Simpsons is "America, you can be my new ex wife," um, <laughs> which I think is uh, apt. <laughs> um, anyway, so The Simpsons has been banned a number of times. Um, there was, uh, mostly in the UK, um, there's an episode called Weekend at Burnsies where Homer starts using medicinal marijuana, mm-hmm. um, and so Sky One refused to air the episode for a long time, um, but uh, is now is now airing it, but uh, because it kind of glorifies Homer's drug use a little bit, um, BB, or Sky One decided not to, uh, not to do that one. Uh, there was an episode um, called Money Bart. It's a very recent episode, but uh, the Simpsons recently have been um, outsourcing their couch gags. So Banksy actually did a uh, couch gag for them, um, but it's wicked depressing. It's really so. It's um, it goes into detail about like uh, it's a Korean factory making. Simpsons merchandise, like they use the horn of a unicorn to punch holes in the DVDs, um, and it's all these like there's children working that get swept aside when they fall over and pass out and stuff. It's really very depressing. Um, uh, yeah, so that one that was actually kind of censored a little bit. Maisie wanted to go do a little bit more, but um, wasn't allowed to. Yeah, it's pretty rough. Um, Homer's phobia, which we talked about. Um, was one that uh, they actually had to go back and forth on um, because they didn't. The network was worried about using the word "gay" and all this kind of stuff, mm-hmm. and so it actually may not have uh, ever had seen the light of day. Um, but because Fox changed presidents, um, it was actually allowed to be aired. <laughs> um, uh, Cape Fear, which we talked about, um, actually has a really funny opening where McBain. Um, who's uh, kind of a... It's played by Rainier Wolfcastle, who's a spoof of Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, he has his own late-night talk, sh- um, talk show, and uh, his music guy has an outlandish shirt, and he says, Oh, it makes you look like a homosexual. And then everyone goes, Boo! And he goes, Huh, maybe you are all homosexuals. <laughs> um, but apparently Germany didn't like it, and they banned it for six years, from 1993 oh. to 1999. Um, well, they they cut it out of their... They cut it out of the all uh, of all their broadcasts, um, but uh, yeah, then Germans, man. Uh, blame it on Lisa, which I almost put on the list, but then I didn't. But it's uh, they travel to Brazil. The Simpsons travel to Brazil, 
um, but that one has been banned. Um, going so far as the uh, the tourist board of Rio de Janeiro wanted to sue the show due to the um, unflattering portraits uh, portrayal of uh, Brazil. Homer gets kidnapped in it. Um, <laughs> and all this that stuff. one of my favorite lines where it's a kids show and it's like this woman in a bikini and like a thong with like big like a big stripper headdress and uh, she's got tassels on her bra and she spins the tassels and it's like clockwise counterclockwise <laughs> yes but it's exactly those kind of shows but it gets it's one of the few it gets aired the, f- the least amount on television because of all the controversy and stuff like that um uh, the Simpsons agreed to apologize, um, and so then they stopped, They decided not to sue. Um, there's an episode called Day of the Jack and Apes where Sideshow Bob uh, uh, brainwashes Bart to blow up Krusty the Clown, but because he was going to blow himself up, it was considered suicide bombing, mm-hmm. and it was banned in Britain from 2002 to 2004. Um, there's one called Moms I'd Like to Forget, Um I actually haven't seen this episode. I haven't watched the most recent ones because they're they're only middling. They're fine. I mean, for Simpsons. Episodes. They're fine. They're, for Simpsons episodes, are not very good. Um, but apparently, um, after Marge leaves um, this group of moms, uh, they start making out with each other, and so they had to cut that scene out because they were like, "What the heck is this?" Um, uh, the Russian Orthodox Church got mad about Homer playing Pokemon Go. Uh, in a Russian Orthodox Church, um, and so they uh, they deleted it. Um, they deleted that that scene from it. Um, in the episode "Wild Barts Can't Be Broken," um, <laughs> Mo uh, in this episode the uh, the Springfield Isotopes, which is the local baseball team, are terrible. But then um, Homer finds them uh, a couple months later, and they're about to win the pennant. And Mo, the bartender, says that sniper at the All-Star game was a blessing in disguise. Because um, <laughs> it turns out their baseball team's good now because they guess he sniped some people or whatever. Um, and uh, that was right during the Washington sniper attacks in October of 2002. Um, which isn't... Yeah, it's not great. So, um, Treehouse of Horror 27 had a bunch of graphic violence in it. Um... And so, uh, in New Zealand, they actually pulled the episode and had to air it later because it airs, like, at 7 o'clock, right in the middle of prime time, and so they didn't want kids to see it. Which is different than all the itchy and scratchy bits. (laughs) Well, the itchy and scratchy is, like, yeah, it's, like, a cartoony type of thing. Uh, We haven't even talked about itchy and scratchy, but I think it's... Insane, but those are all incredibly <laughs> violent. Um, there is a <laughs> job. There, there's a joke in March. It's a job that um, <laughs> that the that the Curies uh, were affected by radiation poisoning, and Bart imagines them as Godzilla-like monsters destroying everything. <laughs> um, and then uh, on a clear day, I can't see my sister. There's some jokes about nuclear meltdowns and because of global warming and all this kind of stuff. But following the earthquake and tsunami in Japan in 2011, uh, they stopped airing. Uh, uh, Austria, Canada, and other stations stopped airing uh, that uh, those episodes because of the sensitivity towards nuclear fallout. Um, the the episode 30 Minutes Over Tokyo, where the Simpsons visit Japan, is completely banned in Japan, um, and not even on the Japanese DVD releases. You cannot see it in Japan. 
um, due to the stereotypical nature of the <laughs> of the episode. Um, the Cartridge Family, which is an episode <laughs> in which Homer buys a gun um, to protect his family, but he's ridiculously irresponsible with it, uh, was banned uh, by Sky One um, in Britain. Uh, Homer points a gun right at Marge's face at one point, and Bart does the same mm. to Millhouse, and so it got banned. It's a fantastic episode, though. It's amazing. I love that one. Um, the City of New York versus Homer Simpson um, has actually been not censored, but... Um, the Twin Towers are actually a very large part of the episode, and so a lot of mm. references and a lot of that episode has been cut down in, in syndication due to sensitivity about uh, the the Twin Towers there. Um, <laughs> and this, this is probably my favorite one. Um, there's an episode called A Streetcar Named Marge, where Marge mm-hmm. stars in a musical version of A Streetcar Named Desire. And in it, the opening song is about New Orleans and how it, what a terrible place it is. One of the lines is uh, New Orleans is a city where the damned call home. Um, if you want one of the other, another line is if you want to go to hell, it's a one-way trip to the Sodom and Gomorrah on the Mississippi. Um, and then it talks about how pirates and horrors and all this kind of stuff live in New Orleans. And so the next week, um, as an apology, Bart was writing on the chalkboard, I will not defame New Orleans um, as the chalkboard gag to apologize to New Orleans for the horrible song that they wrote in there. That one's probably my favorite uh, uh, kind of where they had to censor or what have you. Yeah. Um, there are so many other topics. I feel like we can't get to them all. Yeah. Probably going to have to wrap this up. But... Um, we might have to. Maybe you should do a Simpsons episode on your podcast. Maybe I should. Where maybe <laughs> I did. <laughs> maybe I did. Uh, you can find us at Pop Pop Culture PD on Twitter, uh, Pop Pop Culture on Facebook, Pop Pop Culture Pod at Gmail, um, all those places. Uh, yeah, you can find our our stuff. Awesome. Ooh. Cool. And, yeah, sorry, guys. I know this is kind of a long episode. It could have been way longer. They left me in charge. <laughs> you guys only have yourselves to blame. You left, you left yeah, me in charge. I can't help but notice all the ones that we have you on end up being like an hour and a half long. <laughs> you left me in charge. Those other episodes were not my fault. I take full responsibility for this one, but really, you guys gave me the keys. <laughs> Anyway, um, yeah, so sorry about the length on this one. Um, but, yeah, join us next week. Uh, what are we talking about next week, Shannon? <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> we just came up with our recording schedule, like, a little while ago. I know so. we're talking about we're all doll soon. Soon, yes. Is that it? Uh, let's see. My computer doesn't want to pull it up. It is coming up soon. <laughs> I, hope that's I was going to vamp for you, but then it was like, oh, oh you know, hey, here think, we go. Uh, I think we're going to have a stopper on our next episode. Um, sometime in the future, we will. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's on vacation, so he doesn't know that yet. Uh, <laughs> I see. Well, it will be something good regardless. <laughs> but if there's something specific that you want us to talk about, please let us know. Uh, you can email us at popculturefootnotes at gmail.com. You can contact us on Twitter at PC Footnotes or on Facebook at Pop Culture Footnotes. Um, if you are listening on iTunes, thank you. Make sure to rate and subscribe subscribe and write a review for us um if you are listening anywhere else 
uh, check out our website, popculture-footnotes.com. Um, and yeah, I think that's it for us. So yeah, yeah. Thanks guys. Have a good one. <laughs> Bye.